Welcome to Talking Tuesday. I am your host, Fancy Quant, and today we are going to be talking about marriage. So this is kind of an odd topic, right? You're kind of thinking this is a quantitative finance channel, and yet we're talking about marriage. But this has interestingly come up as questions over the years from a variety of subscribers, and it somewhat takes the form of, you know, Dimitri, I am so focused on my education, my schooling, right? It takes up all my time. But now I'm starting to worry as a student or as a young professional, for example, I'm worrying about the fact that I want to find a spouse and I want to get married. And I'm not sure, should I start looking now? So, for example, let's say you're in college or grad school. Should I start looking now or should I wait until I start a career or you're young in a career? You know, should you wait until later to find someone like where is that optimal time to get married here? So. I'll give you a little bit of advice on my end, just as a quick overview here, and then we'll dive into details and stories on this, but I don't think you necessarily have like a correct time for this. Uh, In general, I think it'll take a long time typically to find, you know, someone that you fit well with, someone that is basically like your, put in air quotes, perfect match here, someone that you just get along with, that you're attracted to as well. And so my typical advice to most people is that, you know, just start looking because the reality is you know, you don't know how long it's going to take to find someone. It's not like a task. Like you don't just go out and say, okay, I'm going to find someone now and I'm going to get married in the next, you know, year or two years or three years or five years or whatever. So I don't think it has any negative impacts per se on finding someone at the right time, meaning you find the right person, everything kind of lines up here. So in general, I think you should just start looking and, you know, as you go through life. And we'll talk a little bit here on the details of this and why. So My background's a little different than most. I was married when I was 20 years old. Uh, I was married my sophomore year of college. Um, So again, married quite young. I've been married 13 years as of next month. So I've been married for quite a while now. Um, One of these keys, I'll talk about pros and cons here, is that when you're young and you're married, so from a young perspective here, even when you start getting a little bit, you know, into like 30s, for example, which is a bit, you know, average or maybe a little older, you end up growing together over time, regardless of when you get married. But when you're younger, I think a lot of times you have less baggage, okay? So at this point, right, you probably don't have any other kids. Uh, You don't have any other financial responsibilities, right? A lot of times, for example, you hope like your parents are younger, they don't need any financial assistance or time or anything like that. And so when you're younger in your relationship here and you have no baggage, you don't have a lot of other relationships and responsibilities tying you down, I think in many ways it's an advantage to be on the younger side just because, you know, you don't have all that baggage. Now, when you start to get older and older, one of these kind of issues with finding somebody is if you wait too long, is that now the majority of people have already been married or are currently married, so there's less people to choose from. And then, of course, if they've already been married, um, if they do have kids, right, that's just extra baggage and complications. And then on top of that, even if they've been married without kids, I don't know. There's just other sorts of psychological layering that goes on here and challenges and hurdles. And so often I found, for me at least, it was better to get married when I was somewhat younger. Now, the con to this as well is that you might not fully understand who you are. Okay. So when you get married, right, a lot of this is going to be you're looking for someone who's very supportive, someone who fits you. And so I like to think of it more as like, right, that you find someone, one that you're attracted to. So you're like, okay, that person's attractive. You know, maybe I'm going to see if I can ask them out, go on a date, go through the process. Then if everything works out right, after you're attracted, you're then looking for a 
I'm not gonna, I don't know if it's a cultural fit, but you're looking for some sort of fit where you have similar goals, similar responsibilities, you get along well together, right? You're not always fighting over small things. You kind of line up personality-wise, but now when you're really young, a lot of times you don't fully understand who you are, right? And I know this kind of sounds odd because when you're younger or any point in time, right, you're sitting in the present, you think, I know who I am. But as time goes on, we all kind of change and morph and goals shift and priorities change. And so on the pro side there, right, I was talking about you kind of merge together. But on the con side, right, if you don't fully know what you want and you think something's a great fit and you end up getting married and then it turns out, you know, you're really someone else, you have different goals than you really thought you were, um, it can make things quite challenging. And so often if you wait to get married a little bit older, um, this can be an advantage in the sense that you know more of who you are, you have more life experience, especially as an adult, right? I was only 20, <laughs> only been in the, we'll put air quotes here, the real world uh, for basically two years. Um, you're still in college, so I don't really count that the real world, but you know, there's pros and cons to being married younger versus older. Um, the other point here is that there's a financial aspect to think about in this whole spectrum here. So naive me when I was, I don't know, 16, 17, 18, I always think or always thought I'm going to be this, you know, massively successful and wealthy person. And yes, I'm financially well off now looking, you know, back at the age of like 32, 33 here. Um, but for me, one of the things is I wanted to ensure that I found someone who really loved me and supported me for who I am, right? I don't want to have to worry about the fact of like you're wealthy or you're famous or something. And then now you're looking back and you're like, you know, trying to find someone. Do these people really like me for who I am? Or do they like me for the fact that you have a lot of money? Or do they like you for the fact that, you know, I don't know, you're famous or a celebrity or something or I don't know, big in some industry? And so for me, one of the goals when I was younger is it would be nice to get married and find someone that I really click with, I really fit well with, someone that's very supportive. But at the same time, that individual would be, you know, they wouldn't know that I would have, you know, money and success and all that. Basically, they're just looking at you as like, you have potential and hopefully something comes out of it. Um, so that's kind of one piece. Of it. The other piece is going to be, you know, when you're older again, if you have financials, Typically, you start having separate sets of financials. So you're going to have, you know, different bank accounts, different retirements, different, you know, all kinds of things. And then when you come together and you get married, often you have to figure out how do you sort things. Do you have one bank account? Do you have separate bank accounts? Um, if you have separate bank accounts, who's paying for what? I think this is quite odd, to be quite frank with you. Uh, everything I do is completely merged. There's no reason to separate things. And I don't know, extra headaches, extra stress. Again, then people start arguing over, well, I pay the rent and you only pay the food and I pay this, but you only pay that. And I don't know. I think financially it creates a lot of issues if you don't just merge everything together up front. Again, though, when you come out and you're young, we were poor. I had no money. I had no success. I had nothing. Uh, so it was extremely easy just to say, hey, let's open a bank account with our names on it and put our, you know, 10 cents in here each and we'll just move forward and call it a day. So I think in an advantage from being married young, you don't have as much financial stress uh, kind of being married where when you become older, uh, that financial stress kind of increases as you kind of build wealth. And then it kind of feels like, you know, I'm putting in more than you. And there's kind of a, I don't know, combatant tension between kind of the two halves here. And then on the financial half here as well, right? So an advantage of being married or being perhaps in a relationship where you financially share responsibilities is going to be the fact that you have stability. So one of these large advantages again here, which I have seen, you know, throughout I've had fluctuations where it's like we went through undergrad together, we went through graduate school together, and then we came in and got jobs and moved forward. 
but it's always nice having like a secondary backup financially in the sense that like if I get laid off or fired or my wife gets laid off or fired, we always have the other person either working or having the ability to bring in some sort of, you know, financial aid here somehow, right? Bringing in money by doing something. Uh, again, having this backup system, I think is a big advantage of being married versus not being married. Now, again, in graduate school, for example, or even in undergrad, uh, this was beneficial in the sense that we only paid for housing for, you know, one. We only had one apartment and then we basically split up the cost, right? And we paid for this as a couple. Whereas if you're an individual here, right, you're individually financially responsible for an apartment and it might be slightly cheaper, but again here, you're not gonna get that cost savings here. Now I know this sounds ridiculous, right? You don't get married for cost savings, but it's something to think about and something that was beneficial for me at least being married young is that we always had both of us working. So my wife would work, you know, odd jobs in the summers and undergrad. Um, and then I worked and she worked in a lab in graduate school. So brought in some funds and whatnot. And then for me, I always worked throughout undergrad. I worked throughout graduate school as well. So I was always bringing in money. And then we kind of consolidated all of our expenses to the point that we were getting some kind of savings and edge from that. And I'll note here from a US perspective as well. So kind of a nuance here. Uh, in the U.S., you are considered a dependent of your parents even in college if you are not married. So the reason for this has to do with financial, I guess, responsibility and whatnot. But typically when you send a kid off and they're 18, 19, 20, 21, right, and they're going through undergrad, um, the parents are really the ones paying for everything. Right? They're paying for your housing, your food and everything. They're paying for your apartment. They're paying for your tuition. Now, there are cases and there are many cases I know of where the students don't have any support from the parents. But that being said, the way that it works is financial aid is granted to these students based off of your parents' income, uh, your parents' ability to pay, uh, these sorts of things here, where when you become married, so when I got married in sophomore year, right, I was dirt poor, but now I'm not considered, and my wife was not considered as dependence on our parents. It's no longer dependent on what our parents made, it was dependent on what we made. Now, I made peanuts, my wife made peanuts, right? So if you don't know what that term means, I, we made nothing. Like we were dirt poor. We made enough though to feed ourselves, to pay for our apartments. And then of course, now we're considered extremely poor. So we get some financial aid from the university, which was a big boost and a big help um, for us. So for those of you who think, you know, United States, everybody pays their way and it's, I don't know, millions of dollars and it's so expensive. There are a lot of cheap ways around this. Um, again, we went to a cheap in-state school for us. So a cheaper university here. Uh, Again, these are ways to kind of save money and work through it. But I think from a marriage perspective, it was very advantageous for us in the fact that we were both poor together and we were considered independence as adults and not dependent on our parents. Now, a few cons here is going to be kind of balancing the careers, balancing the education and the schooling. So again, my wife and I were married young. I met my wife when we were senior year of high school, right before we graduated through a mutual friend. Um, again, we dated for some time, then we ended up getting married, and then we went to graduate school together. And one of the challenges I think that a lot of people don't fully understand is that you don't get the full social experience and support of your graduate peers here, your you know other students, friends, and things. So I had friends, my wife had friends right in grad school and undergrad, but there's always some sort of restriction of time in the sense that you need to spend time with your spouse, right? You're married, you're doing things together, you want to do things together, right? You have all these fun activities to go do. But at the same time, for example, in graduate school, there was a handful of us that were married. And when I mean a handful, I think there's like three, two, three groups of us out of 50. So again, not very many. Uh, 
But when you're married, right, I'm not going to all these social mixer events. So a lot of the students have parties and get together and they're socializing, they're doing homework together. Um, again, they're doing all kinds of fun activities together, which is great. And then there's also this social dating aspect, which perhaps makes things more complicated in grad school because now you're worried about, you know, finding someone and dating and all these kind of things outside of school. So there's kind of a con there. But in general, right, I didn't get the full on immersive experience of building these really, really tight life bond relationships with many of the students. Now, I did build a few really strong relationships. I stay in contact with them. They come and visit me. I come and I go and visit them occasionally based on work schedules and whatnot. But in general, you're going to miss out on parts of this because, for example, when everyone's going to study together and do all these activities, right, I need to be at home. We're making dinner for the night. Uh, we're both studying. I don't know. We have some sort of event for the weekend. We're getting ready for these I don't know, going hiking or getting ready for, you know, to go visit family on a vacation or something. But there's going to be this aspect, this social aspect that you miss in undergrad and grad school and you get married because now you have other responsibilities and you have someone else that's kind of your core system there. Now, on the pro side of that, it's nice to have someone there to support you, right? When I was going through my master's in financial engineering and I didn't really have a lot of support from the other students or the professors or the programs, even when I was going to ask for help. It's nice to have someone on your side backing you up, supporting you mentally, emotionally, um, again, thinking at things from different angles. But when you're married, right, you have a true partner in the sense that they have your best interest at heart. They know all of your terrible sides, your weaknesses, right? Um, whereas if you have close friends, they know a lot, but they don't know every single detail when you're married, right? You should probably be sharing and opening up about all these kind of issues. So it's great to have support system there. And that was a big benefit for me. But again, you're definitely going to be missing out on the social aspect of grad school and kind of undergrad, depending where you get married. And then as I mentioned before, right, the goals are going to be challenging between the two years. So my wife and I had this interesting, I don't know, dynamic here. And I guess most people will run into this. She went and got her master's. I went and got my master's. Her master's is in kinesiology, so completely unrelated to quantitative finance and applied economics. And there is a point where it's like, okay, we're done with school or grad school or whatever, and we're looking for careers, right? Where do you move and whose job do you follow and whose career path do you follow, right? This is a really hard thing. You don't just necessarily go for the money. You don't go, oh, I make more, so we're going to do my route. Too bad, so sad. Uh, my wife actually, we considered about her going to get her PhD in Nashville, Tennessee, and so we were ready to actually take that step and we were going to move. And then some things fell through. We ended up not doing it. And I ended up landing a job in Dallas, Texas. We ended up going that path. But I was willing at that point to give the point that I knew it was important to my wife to go get a PhD. Um, and it was fully funded and everything. So we were going to move again, continuing to be poor for many years. But this would have derailed my quant finance career. This would have been more on the decision of supporting her career and her interests. But again, you have to make these challenging choices of which path do you take? Who do you kind of go towards? You can't have both, right? I couldn't I couldn't live in Dallas and work and have her live in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, I know a lot of international students do this. I think this is very odd. This is very, I don't know, non-traditional for the United States to have a married couple live in two separate locations. I couldn't do it, to be honest with you. Like, I need to be together. That's the whole point of being married is support and, I don't know, having someone there for you and doing things together. And so you have to make these hard decisions. So we almost moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Now, if you don't know, there's not really any finance in Nashville, Tennessee. So I would have had to have done something like corporate finance instead of quantitative finance. So these sorts of things can change your trajectory of your careers. 
as quant finance, right? You invest, I don't know, 70,000 plus dollars typically into a graduate degree. And then you're trying to find a career and you're making all these sacrifices, but you also have to consider that other person. And so this I think is a pro and a con in the sense that if you're, you know, die hard, I have to be a quant, I have to do this career. Um, you need to realize that your spouse needs to be on, on the same page with you on that if that's going to be the decision that you make regardless. But there's also the fact that you might need to deviate and bend and be flexible and choose different locations where perhaps a bigger city like Dallas might have two opportunities or maybe you know Dallas isn't that great. You wanted to go to New York because it was more beneficial for your career, but it might not be as beneficial for your spouse's career. So these are kind of things, the give and take that you need to consider. Again, being single through these stages here, there's an advantage in the fact of if you wait until you set up your career and you get all the pieces put together in your life, that now you're looking for someone to get married, you're in your location where you want to live and where you want to be. And so there's not a lot of stress. There's not a lot of give and take now because you're kind of both already kind of set in stone where you're going to be at uh, life-wise here. So these are things to think about. Again, back to my original advice though with this whole video, which is, I don't think you can like get to a point and then it's really easy just to find someone. I think it takes years to find the right person. Sometimes you get more lucky, such as myself, and you find someone when you're quite young. Uh, again, you might find someone who's a great fit when you're a little bit older. So I don't think there's really an optimal time to do it. Um, but those are kind of my two cents on marriage. Some of the pros and cons to think about. There's definitely financial savings. You definitely grow together. Things become just easier as you kind of become one unit as you move forward. But then also you have to realize there's a give and take and compromise and you give up things like social interactions. Uh, you give up financial freedom somewhat because right now it's not just you making decisions. You have to kind of balance these things. And then finally here to wrap this up, I just wanted to mention kids. So I had my daughter about a year, year and a half ago. Um, Having kids, though, I think is a completely different topic than marriage in the sense that having kids takes up a ton of time. Career-wise, I am extremely struggling with this because I want to spend as much quality time with my daughter as possible, but I still want to have a career and a life, and I still have other things, for example, like spending time with my wife and family and hobbies and stuff I want to do, but you're going to have to give things up, and you really have to pare down here. And there was a few students at grad school that were married and had kids. Massive respect to you guys. Like, I... I don't know how you even <laughs> comprehend and mentally function at that point in life with kids. Uh, I My general advice is just wait until you're at least in a career before you start having kids just because the amount of time, the amount of money it takes to really raise kids is a massive investment similar to a career. And then trying to figure out, do you want to put your career first or your family and kids first? And I know this sounds ridiculous. I know it does because you would assume your family always goes first, but at the same time, right, having a good solid career makes you personally happy in many cases. It also provides you a lot of financial stability and responsibility, but it also kind of helps support that family need, right? I can easily pay for my family's wants and desires because I have a good, well-paying job from an amazing built career here. So those are just my two cents. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And as always, until next time.